Welcome to the Master Books Podcast, where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family. I'm Jennifer White, publicist at Master Books, a division of New Leaf Publishing Group. As host of this show, I'll be opening the doors to the Master Books family library of books, authors, and curriculum. For over 45 years, our company has been about one thing, ink on paper to touch eternity. In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. Well, hello and welcome everyone to the Master Books Podcast. Today, I have Brian Young with me. And if any of you have taken science courses at masterbooksacademy.com, you're going to recognize my guest, Brian Young. Brian, thanks for being here. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Brian, tell us a little bit about your background as an instructor and also how you came to be the instructor of the science courses, many of the science courses at Master Books Academy. Yeah, well, I was a teacher for 10 years and a principal of Christian schools. And so education has always kind of been in my blood. I come from a long line of teachers as well in my family and uh, basically got into a creation ministry back in 1995. I started that and I began to carry Masterbooks products because, well, frankly, there's nothing better out there. And what a what a blessing it was to have those. And I wanted to people as I would go out and speak to have those, those materials at hand. And so that's how I got acquainted with master books and uh, throughout the years, just kind of getting to know some of the representatives there at master books. They one day asked me if I would be interested in, in doing some of these courses. And I was very excited to, to jump on that opportunity. I'm so thankful that you did. Your courses are amazing, and I love how much energy you bring to your instruction and even the different places that you film from. So thank you for, I I thank God for all that you have been through up to this point that brought you the skills and the passion to teach the courses that we offer there at Master Books Academy. So today we're going to be talking about elementary paleontology. Brian, you taught this course for Master Books Academy, and I would love for you to share what people are going to find when they find your online video course there. Yeah, well, that one there was really fun because we filmed it in our semi-source mobile creation museum. Fun. To go to each of these different places in the museum, some things that we teach in the museum, and kind of incorporate that into the paleontology course because that's so much of what we have in the museum there. And so, uh, while you take that course, you're going to get so much more than just paleontology. And that's one of the things that I guess I've tried to do was uh, I didn't just take what's in the book and explain it to you, but I wanted to add to that and really give kids. Um, a good solid foundation to be able to defend their faith, not only with the authority of God's word in many other areas beyond creation, but especially with creation to combat evolution, because it seems like that hits so many areas. You can't watch TV, pick up a magazine, go downtown and hear somebody talking. Uh, It's everywhere where they're being just embarked, I guess, exploding with information all around us that talks about millions of years or Mm -hmm. that God didn't create or that dinosaurs never lived with people or even that dinosaurs were afraid of man and those type of things. So we're able to kind of use a biblical worldview that will explain 
not just dinosaurs, but fossilization and wh where did Cain get his wife? Or what about cavemen? What do you do with cavemen? We, you know, even that is so subtly uh, put into our, our kids' minds. Um, and so we, we have even some things like archaeological uh, artifacts from taken off of mummies to biblical coins to biblical, even false idols that uh, have been found and a lot of legitimate sources like that, as well as some things that would be hoaxes that have been promoted out there in our society and some things to train them to, hey, watch out for this. And when you're hearing this, it, you can't just take it for face value. You have to train yourself to think logically and reasonably and ask questions like, how do they know this? Those type of things. So it was really a fun course to do just because I could integrate dating methods to even the gospel as I always do and anytime I speak to, to just give a well-rounded approach. So they're going to get much more than they could just by taking that paleontology course itself. Right. I'm so glad you did. You mentioned dating methods. And just for anybody who's not aware of what you mean by that and could be confused and thinking you're giving dating um, advice, yeah. <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is, is not how to find a companion, but, you know, one of the things that uh, is probably, a, I would say, a foundational thing that we would get questions all the time as we would go out and evangelize is they would say, well, the dating methods have shown that the earth is millions of years old, meaning okay. carbon or uh, there's a number of different types of dating methods, but those are the ones that are typically uh, quoted or mentioned. And that is like you, you take rocks and you find out how many elements are missing that are radioactive and that comes up with a date to tell you how old that rock is. Well, it's not nearly that simple uh, or straightforward as far as its accuracy. But uh, so we'll talk about some of those things, how they get to those conclusions, the assumptions that are involved to get to those conclusions and why the Bible actually gives good scientific explanations to show that those are not going to be accurate uh, methods, at least the way we use them now. Gotcha. That's very important. Those are very important details for all of us to know about, to be able to defend our faith. So I'd love for you to share a couple of things from the course that help us defend our faith um, when it comes to dinosaurs. Yeah. So in this course, we're going to really try to give you a lot of different things to defend your faith. Uh, a few years ago, Bill Nye debated Ken Ham, and Bill Nye brought up some things that Ken didn't have time to address fully. And uh, some of those, I think, are still floating out uh, around out there. One of them was Bill Nye had said, listen, Ken, if, if the earth is only, you know, I think he said 10,000 years old, then we should have so many animals out there in, you know, species that, uh, according to evolution, you know, we've got millions of species of animals and 10,000 years isn't enough time to get the, the 250 million species that we have today. It just, it's impossible. Well, it really isn't. People don't understand how, first of all, speciation works, let alone how fast it happens. Uh, one of those things being this, an elephant, as an example, has a gestation period of over two years, basically. Now, that means we're being extremely generous, saying it's going to take two years to have a baby. So it's longer to even increase numbers. Well, if you take just a single pair of elephants 
and you let them just do their thing. And on average, they can have 60 descendants in their lifetime. Okay. Just from there. Well, at that rate of reproduction, in just 600 years, you would have 19 million elephants from that. And that's just doing the math. And we see that if we can get that kind of speciation and reproduction in 600 years, what could you do in, you know, 4,500 years since the flood, roughly? Mm-hmm. And so it just shows you that, yes, there are plenty of uh, animals out there that Noah's flood or from the time of Noah's flood that we would be able to uh, reach those numbers for. And so that's just one example. Cavemen would be another example. We hear all the time people talking about cavemen. Well, Neanderthal was a caveman. Well, that's not mm-hmm. true. Actually, Neanderthal, we're finding that most of us have Neanderthal DNA in us. And even the evolutionists are now saying that we uh, not only have that DNA, but that Neanderthal was completely human. And so we'll talk about some of those types of so-called missing links. They're not missing links at all, but explain how that works. But because that's all out there, we hear it all the time. People have this idea in their head that cavemen were these brutish kind of people, you know, trying to figure out how to start a fire. Well, not only does the Bible say that man was created intelligent from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. but we also see that the Bible talks about cavemen. David was a caveman. Uh, Many of the Israelites were cavemen because they lived in caves when they were fleeing or hunting. Uh, David, as an example, when he was running away from Saul, lived in caves. And so cavemen are simply people who lived in caves and they chose to do so because it fit their needs of either running away or while they were traveling to get out of the elements and keep nice and cool in the hot summer. Uh, I know if you've ever gone hiking, you might want to find a cave and go take a rest in it because it is so much cooler in there than it is outside. And so there are practical examples like that. Even today, there are thousands of people who live in caves. They just have computers and TVs in their caves. It fits their needs. And what we see in archaeology and paleontology is that these people were not brutish, but they were very intelligent. And so when you're traveling, oftentimes you're not going to you know, bring your computer if you're hunting, and you're not going to have all of those technologies in the cave. Instead, you're camping out. And so you, you leave behind these simple things in caves, but nonetheless, it doesn't mean that you are a simple person. And the same thing is with the cavemen. We find all kinds of highly technological things within caves or uh, at the same time that supposed cavemen are living, showing that this isn't a, a long period of time back where you know people hadn't evolved high enough, but rather it's highly intelligent people living in caves because it fits their needs. Probably the most famous caveman of today was Osama bin Laden. Uh, he lived in caves. Sure. Uh, and a lot of those people still to this day do to hide out uh, for war, have their bunkers and things like that. So cavemen uh, are just intelligent human beings, just like you and I, and actually probably even more intelligent than what you and I are today. So those are just a couple of things that uh, are often, I guess we need to kind of take a check in our worldview. I know it was Vody Bauckham who years ago, he said, uh, just to, to train us to think biblically, he said, you know, uh, how many of us have been taught that sports builds character? And uh, I'll ask this all the time. And, you know, hands go up all over the place. 
And I said, I'm going to unbrainwash you. It's only going to take me about five seconds to do it. Here it goes. If sports builds character, the NFL and the NBA ought to be the most character-filled people in our country. And they're not. And so logically, it would stand to reason that they should be if sports builds character. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that sports are bad or people shouldn't play sports. Great. You can you can have fun with sports. I'm just saying don't believe the lie that that's what builds character. Biblically, the Bible says it's God's word that builds character. Mm -hmm. And that's why we typically see it's the Christian athletes that have good character because they it's the word of God that puts that in us. The rest are just characters. But uh, we we need to kind of start thinking that way and ask ourselves, why do I believe the things that I do? Do I think that, you know, ancient man was primitive and brutish because that's what I've heard all the time? Or is that from the Bible? Certainly not from the Bible. So I like to challenge uh, the kids into just really saying, why do I believe what I do and where is it found in the Bible? I'm so thankful that you do. Can you tell us a little bit about a dinosaur mentioned in the Bible, how you are bringing specifically dinosaurs, because kids love to learn about dinosaurs, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the most popular things um, for a child many times. So tell us a little bit about one of the dinosaurs that we see in the Bible or how children specifically relate one. Yeah, well, you know, there's a number of places we see it in scripture. It's not just finding a name of a dinosaur in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the concept of what dinosaurs are. We know that all land animals were created on the sixth day of creation, but uh, birds were created on day five, the same day sea creatures were made. Now, evolution is teaching us that we see, you know, dinosaurs turn into birds. So dinosaurs came first, then birds. So it's backwards according to the Bible. So we, we try and teach kids that way that you have to understand that as we look at dinosaurs, we have to interpret them according to the biblical uh, framework as well. So we know that not only were dinosaurs made on day six of creation, land animals, so is man made on day six of creation. So we were created together and they actually came a day after birds, at least the land dinosaurs, the sea dinosaurs would have been created on the same day as birds. And so taking that, we also see that you're going to find words like dragons in the Bible. Uh, the word dragon or tanin in, in the Hebrew is found in a number of places in Scripture. And that word is translated as dragon throughout the Bible. Now, in uh, just our recent history, if you look in a 1946 Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, you go look up the word dragon, and the very first definition says, now rare. So as of 1946, we knew that dinosaurs were simply rare, not millions of years ago. They were just called dragons. And so uh, we can look in Job chapter 40. We see uh, a creature there called behemoth. If you start at verse 15, you can read to the end of the chapter. It fits a dinosaur perfectly. We have another one in Job 41. Uh, It's called Leviathan. The entire chapter talks about Leviathan. And so you can look at that. And strangely enough, there's even the word unicorn in the Bible. Now, the word unicorn, again, this is one of those things that you have to train yourself to think biblically. Uh, We know that there is not a unicorn like we see these little horses running around with a little horn on their head. Uh, But unicorn simply means a single horn. And today there is a rhinoceros. There's actually a couple of rhinoceroses out there, different species of them. One of them has a single horn and another one has two horns. Well, the single horned 
species that's still living to this very day is in the Latin unicornus rhinoceratus, which is the exact same words used in the Latin Vulgate of the Bible, where it is translated as unicorn. And as you look at that unicorn in the Bible, you'll see, now you won't find it in every translation either, because again, some translations will monster or this or that, but the, the actual word in King James, you can find the word unicorn, but the actual word in the Latin Vulgate was that unicornus rhinoceratus. And so even that shows you that there could be some of those relationships, even with things alive to this very day. That's fascinating. So friends, you are hearing how fascinating this course is. Brian brings so much to the course and the books included in the course. I think there are five different books and a teacher guide in elementary paleontology, which you can find at masterbooks.com. And I will link that in the show notes today, as well as Brian's course on masterbooksacademy.com. So these courses complement each other. You need to have the um, books in order to go through Brian's course, but he brings a lot more to it. And so it's not, as he said before, it's not just instructing what is what you'll find in the course itself. So we definitely want you to check that out. And at masterbooksacademy.com, you can um, create an account and then sample this course for free. I believe it's the first chapter um, or the first week of the course that you can watch for free and get an idea of how well this will work for your family. And with all of our masterbooksacademy.com courses, you once you purchase it, you have access to that course for 18 months. You and your family, your immediate family that lives within your household, everybody in the, in the house can use the course for up to 18 months. And then after that, if you wanted to continue to have some of your students go through the course, you would purchase it again. So we really encourage you to check that out. So while we're chatting, Brian, I also want to take a minute and see if you have any advice for our homeschool families. Oh, absolutely. Um, first of all, uh, one day at a time. You know, we've homeschooled four of our children, and I know that it can be uh, a frustrating time uh, at, at times but it's also the most rewarding thing that you will ever do. Uh, this past year, uh, the homeschool conferences, I was speaking on homeschooling more than education. And I just want you to be encouraged because the blessings of homeschooling go so far beyond the curriculum that you're, you're teaching from. Uh, it's the family unit that is being built up. It is the culture our worldview that is developing that doesn't just affect them while they're learning now, but as they go off into college, as they find a spouse, I mean, 95% of the time, you will find a spouse within the circle of your friends. And mm -hmm. we're sending off our children, you know, to Caesar to be uh, trained. It's not a shock that they come back thinking and acting as Romans. Mm -hmm. And we need to realize that you are training them not just for college education. That's, that's the, the least of it you are training them for an eternity and the blessings that we have seen in our family i i didn't even realize they were there until after they graduated after they were out of the house that's when i began to see the true benefits of homeschooling and so be encouraged and and don't grow weary because um you got to keep your eye on the prize and that is an eternal prize it is not the, the here and now. And so during those days where maybe things get a little bit frustrating or 
tiresome. Uh, just know that it is an investment that goes far beyond the next few years that they're going to be in the house. And so be encouraged with that. The other thing is just take advantage of the things that Masterbooks has. Um, I, you know, I grew up, I was a public school kid. Uh, I went to a couple of years of Christian college, but I didn't have this stuff. And I remember my first year of college just being blown away by the evidence that was out there for evolution. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really necessarily drilled in evolution into my head. You know, I knew it was out there, but I, I believe God's word. Mm -hmm. And that first year of college, that's all it took for me to start to abandon my thinking and think, well, maybe, maybe each day of creation could have been a million years. No, that was just a terrible road to start going down. And I'm thankful for materials like what Master Books puts out to that was able to bring me back and go, oh, no, no, God's word is true. It's an authority. It's trusted. There are answers. I'm not checking out my brain to, to believe in creation. I'm actually growing my brain to think and believe in creation. And so Master Books, don't just use these courses, but take advantage of the other materials that they have to even implement them in your reading courses and things like that, to have your children read them, because it isn't just about science. This is a foundation for everything. What we believe about homosexuality, about abortion, uh, about our politics, about marriage, all of it is affected with these first few chapters in Genesis. And the more that you can put that information into the hands of your children, the stronger their foundation is going to be. And the, I think more productive we will be for the kingdom of God as well to be able to share our faith adequately. And so take advantage of the materials that are out there because it goes so far beyond the curriculum itself. Um, I know that the curriculum is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much more that they should get in their hands. And so peruse through master books and find some things that your kids are going to want to latch on to and, and add those into your curriculum as well. Thank you for recommending that we do that. That was going to be my next question is from our 45 years of publishing Ink on Paper to Impact Eternity. We have a large library of books and I know you're familiar with a lot of them. Is there one in particular that has impacted you and your family? Not necessarily maybe the one that you teach. It could be, but any of the books, which, what would you recommend a family check out? Yeah, I'll tell you, that's hard to just name one because like <laughs> I long before I was a, a, a teacher here for this, these curriculums, I have been a, a strong promoter of master books and their stuff. Um, I contribute the, the faith that I have today. Obviously, it's God and he puts that in there, but right. he used these materials to do that. And I run across, I speak all around the world and, and I run across people constantly that say, I read this book, I read that book, I read this book. And nine out of 10 times, it's coming from a book that Master Books has put out. And so this isn't just a publishing company, this is a ministry. Mm -hmm. And so to pick one is hard because I see so many people saying, this is the one that clinched it for me. And it wasn't the one that did for, for myself. But one of them that I really appreciated was the book on unwrapping the pharaohs by David Down. And that is in yes. one of the now, I will talk about some of that in one of the, the courses that we do on, on archaeology, but 
we talk about the dating method. There is also a dating method that many people are not aware of. And that is the pharaohs. Uh, the pharaohs determine so much of the archaeological dating that you see. So if you go to a museum, it's not just in the geology area. It's in the archaeology, in history areas. You might find that, oh, you know, Jericho, it uh, dates 9,000 years old. Well, how does that fit when the earth is only around 6,000 years old? It doesn't seem to match up, let alone Jericho came about, you know, after the flood and all of that kind of stuff. So you get that because of the pharaohs, ultimately. The pharaohs are what are dating all of archaeology. And so that book not only shows you which pharaoh is going to be doing what in uh, the Bible, but it also shows you how that timeline is corrected, which then corrects all of the timelines when you go to museums and you'll see these things that are, uh, you know, dated these BCE type of dates. You'll understand where that comes from. It really is an important foundation for the dating methods as well, is that book on the pharaohs. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that. I got to meet David Downs through a Skype video. I believe he's from Australia. But he is a sweet, sweet, precious man with so much experience, so much heart and knowledge that I would have never. I mean, it just wasn't something I was interested in or studied, but talking to him about the book and all of his research is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that one up. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for spending time with us today. Tell us about your course, Elementary Paleontology. We recommend you look at masterbooksacademy.com. Look at all the different courses that are available for your family, specifically Brian's courses. You'll find most of the science courses are taught by him. And we're so thankful that you did Elementary Paleontology on your mobile creation um, unit, the Semisaurus. So thank you very much. Thank you all for listening today or for watching us on YouTube. We're available at podcast.masterbooks.com. We're also available on all the podcast apps. So thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you on the next show. Hey, thanks for joining the Masterbooks podcast. This was fun and we are really glad you were with us. We invite you to check out masterbooks.com. We have a big library of books that will feed the faith of your family. And hey, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.